Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Welcome to the latest. Hang on one sec. Someone's. What are you talking to me for? What do you mean you want more energy? Dude, for goodness sake, I'm doing a video. Why? Oh, it's so frustrating. You're so frustrating. Why do you do this all the time? We try and cut a video and you theoretically smack me in the face and you think I'm just going to be able to concentrate on it. <laughs> that wasn't real, but it was my enactment for a match that happened off this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. I'm so excited to talk about it, but we must wait and talk about it in a sec. But yes, my name is Simon from What Culture Wrestling. Thank you for joining me. As it is the first ups and downs of the week, we have to give out our MVP of the week award for last week. And I'm giving it to Baron Corbett. That's right, I said it, it had to be said. I have loved this crazy character he has been doing and Happy Corbin was the cherry on top. So well done to him, I'm sure he's over the moon. But let's get on to more present things and take this, the finger of power and give the good bits and up and the bad bits are down when it comes to Monday Night Raw. Oh, it's gonna be a doozy. Let's up those downs. we have actually decided to do something with Damien Priest. I know, I know, it's all calmed down because it all could go terrible very soon. But not only was he opening up Raw here, but he was about to get the biggest win of his WWE career. During when he was talking though, he also went after Bobby Lashley, said he was going to be the most dominant US champion ever, offered an open challenge. It was almost like, hey, here we have this cool dude that we want people to enjoy. Why don't we put him in a position where people can like him and enjoy him? It really ain't that hard. It was a bit like, oh, of course, when Sheamus answered the open challenge, but he was soon followed by Drew McIntyre, and I started to get excited in my tum-tum, so I was like, wait, are we going to do a triple threat between these three guys? Because if we are, you can sign me up. That sounds like I wanted to be in the match. Of course I did not, but you take my point. Now, the only problem here is that the match should have started right away. We should have just gone from this and segued straight into that fight. But instead, we had to do the usual thing that WWE Raw always does and ensure the opening goes on for at least 72 years. So then MVP and Bobby Lashley arrived and they were talking absolute gibberish. Because at first they were literally just going, we just wanted everybody to know that Bobby Lashley will not be doing an open challenge for his world title because he's already beaten everyone. I was like, well, you didn't need to tell. This is like hearing somebody else conversation. You just pop your head and go, oh, by the way, I'm fine. It's like, okay, bro, we're going to go over here. We don't want anything to do with you. As it turned out, Bobby Lashley did have another desire, which is that he wanted to challenge Damian Priest for the United States Championship so he could be a double champion. Now, I did quite like this because it's always good to associate people with Damian Priest in the world title picture, even though it was the other way around. But unfortunately, this does mean that WWE has zero plans for Bobby Lashley's world title at the moment. So he's just being thrown into everything else. Whatever. I was then screaming at my TV, would you just get on with it? Because RK Bro then came out as well. And this was one too many, even though they are a brilliant tag team and I enjoy seeing them. You just shouldn't have been doing it here. I was like looking at my fake watch going, 
This is going on for an awfully long time. Riddle proceeded to question how on earth anybody would be able to carry two belts before realizing that technically he does have two belts as well. And the long of the short of is that yes, we are going to do that triple threat match later, but kind of incredibly, we're also going to do RK Bro versus Bobby Lashley in MVP for the Raw Tag Team titles. And that's a match I've never seen before. And it was happening on Raw. I kind of got a little bit scared because I was just so unused to this. Eventually, Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce arrived to make all of this official, which meant the hook for Raw was pretty good. But yeah, we can't get over the fact that I think I aged 22 years during this. Like I grew a beard and I shaved it off again and my hair grew back and I lost it again. We really need to cut these things down. It was just a bit long in the tooth down. Because WWE are nuts, we then had a little bit more talking because Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler and Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash were just going, well, I don't like you, oh yeah? Well, I don't like you either. Eventually, we did get Shayna Baszler versus Rhea Ripley. Thought it was fine. Um, now, it is sad to think that Shayna Baszler at this stage isn't going to get any kind of singles push. And that just baffles my brain because she's so good. But at least I suppose here she was in control for a large portion of the match know how that goes. WWE does have a pattern. I also want to throw in here quickly before we do get on, I do enjoy Ripley and Ash as a team. They just have something to them, even if there was no story as to why they got together. So I was having quite a good time here before, as always, WWE went WWE. Because as ever, Nia just went potty on the outside at one point. She ran through Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley was like, no, my friend. And she got distracted. <laughs> and Shayna Baszler hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll up. But Rhea Ripley is a smart wrestler and she reversed the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment into her own most devastating move in sports entertainment. There we go, I did it. And she got the one, two, three. But it still counts as a distraction finish, even if Nia Jax's distraction didn't go the way she wanted. This is just getting ridiculous now, and of course that does have to get her down. And when we bring down the distraction counter, it's up to 95. Now, I don't know what to do, because I promised to retire when it got to 100, but it kind of feels like for the sake of science, we have to carry on. WWE, if you are watching, there are other ways to end a match. Nair also laid out Rhea Ripley after this thing. <laughs> we will talk about that in a second. I am so excited. The Viking Raiders were then back, and I actually said, well, where the hell have you been? Like I was their dad and they missed their 9 p.m. curfew. They did a quick promo when it turned out they were going to be taking on Jinder Mahal and Veer, and I started chuckling because Jinder is now officially the pinball wizard of WWE. Every week it's just ping, 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 ping. You never know what kind of match he's going to be in. But hey, this week he was doing this and he lost. I mean, it was nice and simple. Mahal tried to take the advantage. He screwed up. He got hit with the Viking experience. One, two, three. And I have absolutely no idea where the hell we go from here. But the Viking Raiders won, and I was worried they were going to lose, so it's getting up. Raw then absolutely rocked. That triple threat United States title match between Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, and Damian Priest was fitted in here. And as always, I'm just going to give you a nice and simple instruction. If you haven't watched it, go and watch it. You'll have a lovely time up. Drew and Priest started working off together in order to get rid of Mr. Face Mask, and then they just started smacking each other right in the face. But then Sheamus was back in the ring, and he was like, oh, fella, I like a fight too. So he started to smash them in a fight as well. So this was just big, meaty men slapping meat. And you know how we all feel about that. Because they are all big guys, WWE did that thing where they run and somebody gets out of the way and they smack a post. But then Drew McIntyre did the opposite of that because he did a crazy flip dive over the top. And he did that, oh my gosh, there's two people on a turnbuckle, so I'm going to give them a suplex. 
I know it's a little bit of a convoluted spot, but it looks so good, so I don't care. Sheamus soon got Drew in the cloverleaf, but Damien Priest broke that up by kicking Sheamus so hard I think his face fell off. And then he was hitting this choke slam thing and Drew McIntyre broke that up for the near fall. I mean, this was just super duper happy fun times. Drew then went for the Claymore, but then we had this awesome cutoff where Sheamus hit with a knee strike instead. Although McIntyre did get up and hit him with another one. But sadly for him, the Irishman fell out of the ring. And that allowed, if you can believe it, Damien and Drew McIntyre to get into it for a little bit before Damien just hit the reckoning and Drew McIntyre was down. The ref went one. I said, oh, Sheamus is going to break it up. And the ref went two. I said, oh, Sheamus is going to break it up. And then just even before we got to the three, I thought distraction, disqualification, there was nothing. And Damien Priest pinned Drew McIntyre and I nearly exploded. And look, all of a sudden now I think, well, Drew McIntyre, the rubbish wrestler, because he lost the match. Of course I don't. And if anything, my overwhelming feeling was, wow, Damien Breeze, he's so great. Wouldn't I want to be his friend? But he just got caught by a massive move from a massive guy who's also the United States champion. So CWWE, you can do it, and everybody's going to be fine. And Damien Priest and Drew McIntyre shook hands afterwards because they're still buddies. This was the best thing on Raw. It was probably the best thing on Raw for about six months. Go! Goldberg video next. He doesn't want the WWE title anymore. And instead, he wants Bobby Lashley's soul. So unless he's been talking to The Undertaker or Papa Shango, what a pile of crock this was. It does seem like we're going to get that rematch in Saudi Arabia. And given that I suppose it's not going to be for the WWE title, I'm now very worried that Bobby Lashley is going to lose. So I'm going to take that feeling and throw it over there. I don't want to have to deal with it. Went from this to Reginald in a park again, and this week our truth was dressed up as a dog owner, and Tazawa was dressed up as a dog. All of those things I said are true, and I realized when I was watching this, I'm going to be dead one day, so I only have a limited amount of minutes in my life, so I don't want to waste any time talking about this quickly. I do like all three guys, but this was exactly the same as last week. Let us just move on. Eva Marie versus Dewdrop was next, and I hope you didn't tune in going, well, WWE's been advertising that match for seven days, and I kind of want to see it, because you did not get it down. Instead, the drop just attacked Eva Marie when she was already in the ring, beat the living flub out of her, and then pinned her, but the match hadn't started, so Dewdrop counted the three, and then when it was time for the match to start, somebody went, oh, well, even Marie can't compete because he just got her ass whipped. And I was like, yeah, do. What the hell were you thinking? And look, was this better than them having a match with Eva Marie winning? Of course it was. But I kind of felt sorry for Eva here, which absolutely was not the point. So I didn't get this one at all. Maybe I wasn't meant to. Maybe bored people weren't meant to get this match. Well, it works, I didn't. Quick interview with Charlotte Flair next. She is not intimidated about facing Nia Jax later. That's like in hindsight. Oh, you really should have been. I'm still very excited. I swear that this week's Raw was booked just by getting a hat and pulling names out and just putting people together. Because following this was Karrion Cross, who, yes, is still dressed like a sex slave, taking on Humberto Carrillo. And this was like 2,892 divided by 42,763. When I tried to work it out, I just couldn't do it. The thing is, though, Karrion Cross won. And I get it's just against Humberto Carrillo, who never gets much of anything. But they had a four or five minute fight, and then he locked in the cross jacket, and Humberto tapped out. Now, it seems vastly unfair that Ricochet didn't get a little bit of something-something last week. But we can't moan, I always say this, but I'll say it again. We can't moan that Jeff Hardy beat Karrion Cross, and now Karrion Cross is wrecking fools. So we do have to give it an up. But it is a very, very confused up 
because this really does feel very directionless. I also noticed something during this when it comes to Karrion Cross's sex slave outfit. I think the WWE has been inspired by He-Man. He had the whole cross thing. So maybe somebody looked at Karrion and went, do you want to be He-Man? And Karrion was like, yes, yes, I really do. So if I were you, WWE, let's go less sex and more He-Man. Hopefully we can make this work. Hijax then told us she was going to shove a crown up Charlotte Flair's ass. Now, I hope she didn't mean this literally because WWE is a PG show. That's what she said she was going to do. We also saw RK Bro, who did the whole riddle, talks for a bit thing, and Randy Orton walks off. But you know how it goes. These two are absolutely brilliant. And now, my friends, it is time to strap yourself in. Why? Because it was indeed Oodalali. Charlotte Flair versus Nia Jax. Now, I will admit that I couldn't take my eyes off this, and that's because halfway through, I think both women decided, I don't really like you very much. And I was like, well, I don't like you either. Why don't we have a fight? But then their instincts told them, well, we can't really have an actual fight because it's professional wrestling. So why don't we just pause and slap the shit out of each other? And then Nia Jax was like, oh, you're hitting the ropes like Charlotte Flair. Well, I'm going to no-sell that. You owe it to yourself as a wrestling fan to go and watch this. I think it's on YouTube. I have no idea what the hell happened. And look, there's every chance we're being worked. Maybe Charlotte and I had a chat backstage and let's get the internet talking. And they did a great job. But what a funny way to go about it. Because Nia Jax was dropping Charlotte on her head over and over. At one point, Charlotte did this moonsault and just clocked Nia Jax right in the skull. And I genuinely do believe that about halfway through, they were so pissed off with the other one, they were like, no, I'm not doing it anymore. Screw you. And look, I get the other side of this. Some people have said, well, I actually quite liked it because in wrestling, this would happen. And sure, to a point, when I was watching this, my insides were dying because it was one of the most awkward things I've ever seen in my life. Although it couldn't have been that awkward. I watched it twice. And there was this crazy bit where Nia Jax just half-heartedly picked up Charlotte and she just slipped off Jax's back. And eventually Nia grabbed her and gave her the stiffest choke bomb you've ever seen. And she also beat Charlotte Flair. So my brain was just dying. I was like, wait, a week ago, I thought it was going to be Alexa Bliss versus Charlotte Flair. But now Nia Jax has arrived and she has destroyed everybody. I don't know what the hell is going on. I mean, I feel like I need to go back and do a thesis on this. It was so bizarre. So please, get in the comments. Let me know what you think's happened. I mean, my gut would tell me this just fell off the wagon completely. And maybe they did have a spat. What I do know is that it has to get it down. Like, it was good television. And I'd rather Raw was like this all the time as opposed to be dull. But it did not work if you're just a casual viewer. You must have been. It'd be the equivalent of all of a sudden me hosting a video like this. Give me a second. Give me a second. There we go. I'm going down. You tune in and you just hear this. And no one explains what's going on. You're like, wait, I've tuned in to a, a video thing and I can't see anyone. Then halfway through, I just go, oh, hello, everyone. <laughs> be like, this is not how it works. I think this was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And unfortunately, it's from one down to the next because basically repeating what I said earlier, if you tuned into this week's Raw to see Miz and John Morrison, which actually I did, I was quite excited for that match. Did you get it? No, you didn't deserve it. Down. Because apparently Miz was in Hollywood or something. I don't know what John Morrison was going on about. But his logic was, well, I was the bigger man in our partnership. So now I want to fight a big man. So Omos... I'm challenging you. And I was like, that is one of the weirdest sentences I've ever heard. Omos then turned to John Morrison and said, well, it sucks to be you. And Morrison even agreed with this. So why was he doing it? And Johnny Drip Drip walked to the ring 
and he got his ass kicked. Omos just beat him after a couple of minutes courtesy of the tree slam and I want to make it very clear, I like Omos. I always see people ragging on him, but not every single wrestler has to be flippy dippy doodah, although I love that stuff as well. If he just wants to plods around the ring, go man, I'm really tall, and beat the shit out of people, that is fine by me. But why the hell would we basically start a Johnny Morrison face turn and then do this instantly? As I've said many times throughout this video, it is lost on me. Then the hat was back because it was Xavier Woods versus AJ Styles. And look, I'm all good with AJ Styles versus Xavier Woods. They're two terrific wrestlers. But I was confused. A lot of confusion this week, but up. It was really solid as well because, of course, AJ Styles is one of the best professional wrestlers ever. And Xavier Woods is one of the most underrated wrestlers ever. They had a really good cactus can. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that match. Eventually, AJ caught him in the calf crusher. He'd been working over Xavier Woods' leg. So Xavier tapped out. No idea where Kofi Kingston is. I had a good time. It's a busy night for AJ as well because he went straight from this to commentary and he was livid when he discovered that RK Bro versus Bobby Lashley in MVP was for the tag team titles. Which it was. And this was our main event. And it was a new, fresh match that I don't think we have ever seen. I couldn't have been any happier. If I was able to do a backflip, I would have done it. But the problem was, if I did try and do a backflip, I'd land on my head and break it. I don't want to do that, but up. Amazingly, there was no nonsense here either, which gets me very excited that maybe we're moving away from nonsense, but of course we're not. And Riddle did this crazy dive onto both Bobby Lashley and MVP to get things going, but then the champ and his friend beat him up for a while. He got the hot tag to Randy Orton. Everyone loves Randy Orton right now, so they cheered. It was entertaining, or dare I say, sports entertaining. I'm sorry. Okay, bro got rid of Lashley by chucking him into the ring post. Don't forget what I said earlier. And then, yeah, Riddle climbed to the top rope. He hit the floating bro to MVP, who was always going to take the pin, which he did. Our tag team champions had a very dominant win over these two, and we protected Bobby Lashley, which is important. I can't criticize it. Which is a rarity. It meant that we had a few people just winning matches on this Raw, so I'd worried I'd fallen asleep and was actually dreaming, but I wasn't. And then, of course, Bobby was back in the ring and he speared the absolute crap out of Riddle. But then Orton was back and he gave Bobby Lashley the RKO. So then we're going to do Randy Orton versus Bobby Lashley? I have absolutely no idea. It also meant for the second week in the row, Raw ended on a nice note, which is always good. That's what they should be doing half the time. Although we now have to be worried every time they do advertise matches, because once again, they pretended and they didn't deliver. Still, this felt like one of the most unique Raws in ages. And because it all is a little bit higgledy-piggledy, you do have a bunch of feuds that can go in multiple directions. And you need all of that when you have a 180-minute wrestling show. So while the bad bits kind of did fall off a cliff, I actually had a good time by the end of it, so I'm giving it an up. 